podcast for UFC Fight Night in Moscow. I'm Tim. I'm here tonight with nobody. <laughs> Lee was busy tonight. Jose was busy tonight. I had a guest that fell through last minute. You like discipline. So, you're only getting me. Uh, it's kind of a bummer. This is number one bullshit. But this is how it started. Uh, and this is how we're going to do it tonight. But I don't need anybody. I'm, I'm independent. So it's going to be a little bit quicker of an episode, but, uh, I'll give you guys some good information on the breakdowns. I want to tell you guys that in addition to being able to listen to us on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Breaker, whatever app you guys use to listen to us. Uh, we are now being hosted on MMABreak.com. That's MMA-Break.com. And I also want to say, Jose and I are recording a uh, DFS, that's Daily Fantasy Sports, for those of you that don't know, uh, only podcast. And that will come out probably late Friday night. This will be about the DraftKings plays that we used to talk about when we first started the show in its own segment. Now we're just going to try doing our, our own show about it. Uh, we have some fun plans for it. So any of you guys that are into uh, betting and uh, DraftKings like Jose and I are, uh, hopefully we'll give you some good picks. Uh, we're going to give you guys like three cash game picks, three GPP picks, and then I have a fun idea for a head-to-head for uh, Jose and I. So check it out Friday night. Uh, to recap, 244 a little bit. Really good card. I mean, I know I say that every time. But this one, this time. Uh, a lot of unexpected finishes, a lot of good fights, uh, top to bottom, prelims through the main card. Lee and I did not wind up going. Uh, Jose... Uh, represented Knuckleheads by himself at Madison Square Garden. The main card started out with Kevin Lee getting a surprising knockout of Gregor Gillespie. None of us predicted that, uh, and that kind of killed me and uh, DraftKings for this event, but we can talk about that on Friday. Then uh, it was a not very good fight. Derek Lewis and Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, Derek Lewis won by decision. Uh, surprising. I didn't really expect that to be the outcome, uh, if Derek Lewis were to take this one, but that's what happened. Uh, it was a pretty even fight. Not really as exciting as probably everybody hoped, but, uh, good for Derek Lewis to get a win again. Steven Thompson had a really strong performance uh, against, uh, Vicente Luque. I had predicted he was going to knock Luke out. That did not happen, but he looked great. And he, he did look like he found some more power, in my opinion. Uh, the co-main was probably the least entertaining fight of the night. Darren Till versus Kelvin Gastelum. Darren Till won by decision, but it was just not not a great fight to watch. Not a lot of action. 
uh, slow-paced fight. Darren Till controlled the fight well. Uh, got the win. Let's see what's next for him. It's also good for him to get uh, another win. And then the main event. Uh, any of you listening to this know what happened now. It it was stopped by what some people call a controversial uh, cut on Atheist's eye. Uh, I have no problem with the stoppage by the doctor. Uh, it probably is no surprise to anybody that I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school. Uh, I have no idea what they're looking for when they decide if they're going to stop a fight based on a cut or not. I do know that Masvidal was uh, dominating that fight. Diaz looked to me like he was old. I mean, he's not that old yet. He's not that much older than Masvidal. Uh, Diaz is 34 now, I think. But watching the fight, it looked like they had a, a bigger age gap than they do. And I think maybe that's indicative of the wars that Nate Diaz has endured in his career. Uh, they want to run it back right away. Diaz said at the press conference afterwards that that was the only fight he wanted or he would sit out. Hopefully that's not the case because I'm not really interested in seeing the fight again, nor would I like to see him sit out. I don't really want to go through all of the prelims, but I thought there were some really fun fights in there. I mean, one to especially talk about, and one that I kind of called on the show last week was uh, Corey Anderson knocking out Johnny Walker. I certainly didn't call the knockout, but I said that I thought Corey Anderson was a good matchup for uh, Johnny Walker, and that I, that was the fight that I was looking forward to the most because I wanted to see if he had what it took to stop Johnny Walker finally, and he did. Uh, it was shocking still because it happened so quickly in the way that it happened, uh, and it was very impressive, but yeah, good event, UFC 244. So let's just go straight into the breakdown. Uh, keep this one short for you. Here we go. Break this breakdown brought to you by MMABreak.com. First fight of the main card. We have Shamil Gamzatov versus Klitson Abreu. Gamzatov coming in a minus 210 favorite. Uh, this fight is a pair of finishers. Uh, when they fought lesser competition. Who have gone the distance on the bigger stages. Do you want to be a... Fighter. Abreu is a jiu-jitsu specialist, 10 submission wins on his record, including being the only person to submit uh, Johnny Walker, who we just talked about. But he's gone to two slow decisions in his uh, time in the UFC, landing only 36 and 23 strikes in those fights, that don't impress me much. and only landing one takedown combined. He takes on 13-0 Shamil Gamzatov. Uh, Gamzatov making his UFC debut. He is coming off of two decision wins in the PFL. Before that, he had only gone the distance once in 11 fights with five knockouts and five submissions. In the little bit of tape I've seen on Gamzatov, he looks like he has uh, some real power. Like I said before, he has five knockouts in his 13 career wins. It's hard to judge this fight with what little we know about Gamzatov, but I do know that Abreu hasn't looked great in the UFC, and he hasn't looked really active. Again, uh, 
landing only the 36 and 23 strikes in his two previous fights. 1.97 strikes per minute. That's really not the kind of fighter I can get behind. Uh, he he averages less than one takedown per fight. It's just not the kind of numbers I want to see. And when he does attempt takedowns, he doesn't have a lot of success. Uh, only a 12% takedown success rate. We don't really have these numbers on Gamzatov, but in the limited tape I've seen, he definitely looks like a prospect. So I'm going to go with him in this fight. The second fight of the night, we have Anthony Rocco Martin versus Ramazan Ameyev. This is an interesting fight in terms of trying to pick who will win, but it might not be so interesting to watch. Anthony Rocco Martin formerly known as Tony Martin, is a wrestler who doesn't really seem to like to wrestle, at least not anymore. And instead, he lands less than three strikes per minute. He only has one knockout in 21 career fights. He does have nine submissions. He actually has submitted uh, Benil Darius, but he rarely looks for the takedown. Uh, he also only defends takedowns at a 54% rate. Ameyev is 18-3, and 3-0 in the UFC, and he does look for the takedown. He doesn't strike a lot either, though. He's only been knocked out once. He's only been submitted once, and he has, some, and he has seven submission wins of his own. So this fight is either going to decision or someone is winning by submission. I like the odds of that being Amanov, Amanov, because he will initiate the takedown. Uh, but this could be a low action fight. Then we have Ed Shortfuse Herman versus Kadis Abrahimov. Abrahimov coming in a minus 195 favorite, even on short notice. This was originally going to be uh, Herman versus Antagulov. And I was more excited and more confident in that fight. Antigulov is out now, though. And Ed Herman gets less of a wrestler and Abrahimov. Abrahimov is coming off getting caught in a guillotine in a fight he was winning. Uh, something I would worry Ed Herman is capable of pulling off as well. But Abrahimov did show the ability to land at an extremely high rate. Landing 88 strikes with most uh, of the third round still to go when he was submitted. Ed Herman has shown the ability to strike at a high rate as well. Uh, but just landing just over three strikes per minute on average. He is coming off a win versus Pat Cummins. He's 39 and Abrahimov is only 24. And Abrahimov can wrestle a little. Uh, we've seen Herman struggle with uh, defensive wrestling. Defending takedowns at only a 60% rate. Uh, Herman a little bit better at offensive wrestling. He can score takedowns of his own. But in his fights, he's lost. He is the one being taken down often. Uh, this isn't really an easy pick, especially with Ibrahimov coming in on short notice. But he's who I'm going to go with. Uh, I'll take Ibrahimov here. Then we have Salim. Imadeyev versus Danny Roberts. Imadeyev being a minus 210 favorite. 
uh, coming off a majority decision loss to Max Griffin, in which he outstruck Griffin by a lot, but was taken down three times and controlled. The good news for Imadeyev is Danny Roberts hasn't registered a takedown in his UFC career. Neither are likely to look for a takedown. Uh, Imadeyev is young. He's 8-1 and one with all eight wins coming by knockout. He's never been knocked out or submitted in his nine fights. Danny Roberts is coming off being knocked out by crazy Michelle Pejea, who Lee hates. We're talking fucking Lee. Uh, Lee's not here to defend himself, but I don't think he would disagree with that. And Danny Roberts has been knocked out a total of three times now in his career. With uh, durability questions, no wrestling, and Imadeyev's record, I find it hard to pick Roberts here. Uh, great nickname, though. Hot chocolate. But I'm picking Imadeyev. That brings us to the co-main event of the evening. And this is a fight that I really wish I had somebody here to discuss with. Uh, Greg Hardy is back already. He's taking on Alexander Volkov. Volkov is a minus 270 favorite. Volkov has 37 professional fights and he's only lost 7 of those. Uh, he's 4-1 in the UFC. Just on record alone, I don't see how Greg Hardy wins this fight. I don't see how he beats somebody who beat Fabricio Verdum. Uh, Volkov also beat Roy Nelson. That shows his durability. He could take Roy Nelson's shots and went the distance. And Volkov landed 122 strikes in that fight. He landed 135 versus Stefan Struve. He landed 121 before Derek Lewis knocked him out with 10 seconds left in their fight. Greg Hardy only landed 54 strikes in his fight against Ben Sassoli. And that was his only fight to go to the distance. Uh, Volkov doesn't wrestle a ton, but he does have the ability to land one, two, or three takedowns in a fight. We've seen him do that. Uh, and we did see Hardy show good takedown defense on the one shot Juan Adams took. But what happens if Greg Hardy gets taken down by Volkov? From a long time of watching MMA and what I would guess based on someone of Hardy's experience level and background, I don't imagine he looks great off of his back. So if Volkov is to have success with takedowns, I think that would be a big problem for Greg Hardy. As far as Hardy's path to victory, he could get a knockout. I wouldn't uh, even bet on that, though, because Volkov has been there with literal legends, and before Derek Lewis caught him, he hadn't been knocked out since 2013. So I'm not even a Greg Hardy hater. I don't really care about the inhaler. I don't really care about his illegal knee on Alan Crowder, but I just don't see him winning this fight. I'm going to pick Volkov. That brings us to the main event of the evening, uh, the fight we were supposed to have at UFC Boston. It is... Zabit Magomed Sapirov versus Calvin Cater. Uh, Zabit is a minus 300 favorite. I think that is a huge line for somebody I almost view as the underdog in this fight. Uh, 
Uh, it's a beat that has all the looks of a contender. A lot of people are really excited about him. And on paper, there's not a lot not to like. He averages over six takedowns per fight. Uh, he lands four and a half strikes per minute. Since he's been in the UFC, he's won by a rear naked choke. He's won by Anaconda. It's snakes out there this big. He's won by knee bar. He won a decision in which he landed 97 strikes in only three rounds. The only real, there's only really two things you can knock about what Zabit has done so far. And that's questioning who he's getting these wins over. And also that he has looked to have cardio problems in some of his recent fights. His opponent, Calvin Cater, lands over five strikes per minute and defends takedowns at an 80% rate. So I think he should be able to mostly nullify Zabit's takedown attempts, especially if Zabit starts to tire down the stretch. Uh, and that 80% defensive rate is significantly higher than all of Zabit's other opponents in the UFC. Cater has knocked out some pretty good fighters too. Recently, uh, Ricardo Lamas, Chris Fishgold, Shane Burgos. I don't think Zabit is as hittable as those fighters. I think this fight probably goes the distance, but I'm going to pick the uh, big underdog based on the betting line. I'm going with Calvin Cater to win this fight. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Knuckleheads MMA Podcast. Uh, no real frills on this one. It's just me alone, but I wanted to give you guys the breakdown at least. Uh, like I said, uh, Jose and I are going to record a Daily Fantasy uh, DraftKings version of the show. We'll get that to you on Friday night. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.